don't don't do too much barbecuing <laughs> while we record them. That's all I can say. Here we go. It's Potaholics time and the PowerWorks podcast with Glenn Power from PowerWorks Automotive. My name is James Pikeway, and we're going to be talking about everything that matters in the world of cars, wheelchairs, canoe slash bicycle slash tents, and of course, the basic stuff going on with your vehicle. All happening right here on Potaholics. That is coming to you from the Rove Podcast Studio in the Rove Hotel downtown. Are you you ready? get going on this i'm ready <laughs> i'm ready i'm just admiring the uh, amount of messages that i can receive in five minutes you know this and i i am truly truly thankful that you've got the time to do this because your your phone's like blowing up all the time it's as soon as you sit down to do this show everyone needs something fixed on their car it's, it's got to be stressful it's all day it is stressful yeah but we won't um we won't wallow in self-pity <laughs> you know, whatever the stress is going to do to me there'll be something else that do more harm so hey yeah yeah, I hear you. We got a whole bunch to talk about. Uh, and as you probably say, I added a few more things on the notes and, and then just the general things that I'm, I'm constantly amazed when I sit down with people because they figure, because I sit with you, everything that you know about cars has just, you know, transferred over to my brain. And I realize how much people don't know about automobiles and also how much I don't know. So it's always nice to just go back over some of these terms and things. And I, I keep saying this to folks, you got a question, potaholics with a K at gmail.com, fire it through. We will get it on a podcast. And the best part is we'll get it on the podcast, but we'll send you the answer well beforehand because sometimes it's a week or so before the podcast get up. Yeah, if you hear any of our podcasts, just like, rate, review, yeah. uh, leave a comment with the question. That's easy enough. And if you're listening on Anchor, you can actually send us a message as well. In fact, we've got one. Here it is. Here we go. Yeah. It's coming. Ah, absolute great show, guys. I don't know why Glenn doesn't like wood grain. I mean, jeepers, I've had, uh, what have I had? Two. Two wood grain. Yeah. Wood grain rocks. And I believe Chevy, maybe Enclave. I don't even know if that's a car but or a vehicle. Uh, I believe that they're coming out maybe possibly with wood grain. But uh, wood grain rocks and no... Ironing boards on the back of BRZs do not rock, just so you know. <laughs> None other than Joey Woo Woo sent through a message. <laughs> is that is that like his gimmick, the woo at the end? Yeah, that is his thing. That's why like they call him Joey Woo Woo. A Ric Flair cross with a moose. Yeah, that's I it. I like it. It's good. <laughs> Love it. So he's, he, he's, he, he's scratching his head about you not liking the woody. Oh, and, and we're talking the wood. That. With the <laughs> rephrase that if we were on the radio you'd have to dump you'd have to press the dump button there i would have had to press the dump button on the last two shows i did with dr jenna oh dear oh man you'd be lucky that you so did you hear the story what happened with dr jenna's show no so we're doing a show with dr jenna here in the rove podcast studio and andrew thomas shows up and he sits down and we said well join us for the show potty mouth but he doesn't know what we're talking about <laughs> so i instantly can tell you regretted it oh yeah as yeah. soon as he sat down i hit the old intro we started talking and said well welcome to the show and we're going to be talking about circumcisions and vasectomies and he's going you're joking you could see the thing on his face and and you know jenna's <laughs> looking at him going no that's actually where we're going and we literally did the entire show on that 
I mean, I'm glad it. Well, I'm glad it wasn't me. I mean, I would have. I would. I, I it was a great all, show, I but it's, it's I, I can't comment on any of that. It's it's you know you got the the female GP slash trauma doctor talking to two guys about their junk. It was an interesting show, and then we did a, sp- a part two. <laughs> Just earn no, me as long as the as long as there was no sort of compare and contrast late night version. That's fine. Uh, it, it, the amount of detail that we got into at some oh, point it was, I, it was honestly no it was pretty interesting, and and yeah, it was. You know, Jenna's a professional. I'm a professional. Andrew, well, he's Andrew. <laughs> I say, say, potty mouth. You were risking it there. But like I say, you can, you can probably edit it. Ah, you know what? We just... We 55 just, minute conversation, edit it down to three minutes. We're just putting the whole thing up and it's it's the way we go. <laughs> but yeah. we're talking cars here. And, yes. and as I said, you know, Jason there, Joey Woo Woo, uh, he, he loves listening to the show. In fact, he'll, he'll send me images of him wherever he is with the show going he listens to all the shows and, and he loves this one I, and I guess it's I, I and I never thought about this but all you know guys and gals who've been in the automotive industry we're, we're sitting having this this conversation and they relate to it and I and I often say and what I get a lot of questions from people who will feedback and they'll and, and it's funny because we keep saying hey you're listening to us you're on iTunes you're on Deezer you're on Spotify you're on Stitcher you're on Google Podcasts give us a rating, give us a comment. We, yeah. we want to hear from you. If you want us to talk about something in particular, if you want me to shut up moaning about things, if you want, you know, whatever it is. No, usually people say, James, we don't want to hear you talking more. Can we hear more of everyone else? No, you know what we should do? I was, I've started, um, I've started listening to and watching when I can the uh, monk debates. Uh-huh. A bit of a Canadian yeah, yeah. institution, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was watching one which was about political correctness because it had... Jordan Peterson and Stephen Fry on the same oh, side man. of an argument. Yeah, which, I remember that one. Who even argues against those two? <laughs> What's the point? I'd have been like, who are we up against? No. Yeah. No, I've changed my mind. Yeah. How do you argue against those two? But I think we should do a uh, a similar thing. So anyone that wants to leave a review or a comment and, and suggest maybe the first one would be Woodgrain. Yeah. Wood I'll grain. definitely be on the con side of any kind of argument that says wood grain is good for a vehicle. I even tried to set you up with Colin on uh, chrome bumpers and he didn't bite. No. I know. I, I tried to set him up on that one. Maybe right. he forgot. So just keep your ears chrome open. Chrome bumpers are number one though. <laughs> he, he was literally going to come to you and say, I've got this great, I've got this great marketing idea. He says, we want to take all of the bumpers on the We Will Fix It fleet and make them chrome. Oh, see, chrome bumpers are great in a workshop. <laughs> And when they're dirty, but when they're out and about, they just blind everybody. Yeah, I know. That's the idea. We're in the, we're in the land of the yeah. sun. That's all yeah. that we get here. So, yeah, yeah it's yeah. just, uh, that's that's the only problem I have with Chrome. We've, we've got a uh, an old uh, Beetle out of Mexico in at the minute. Oh, and that's man. got Chrome front and back. Yeah. And it looks great it in does. the workshop, but... Those are nice. What, what year is that? Because they just stopped making those. No, that's a 98. So yeah, I mean, yeah. it's 22 years old. Yeah, but, yeah, but they, I can't remember when, they, when did they stop making them in Mexico? Not that long not, ago. No. It was like 2015 maybe? Yeah. I, I know the, the buses, they just stopped recently because they- yeah, 2012, something like I'd, that. Yeah. I, it, was on, it wasn't that long ago. I mean. But it still looks like the old ones. I mean, Oh I, yeah. The only difference is it's got a water-cooled engine with yeah. AC on it. I, I'd take one any day. Yeah. In fact, I was over at Stars and Stripes, maybe it's called or something like that. In in La Mer, I might have the, the name wrong. Nice burger place, nice wings, and they've got a VW bus parked nice. in the lobby, and it's it's a full version. Like it's got the sink in the back, and I just went, wow, it's, it's beautiful. I'd take that any day. Yeah, not safe, but I'd take one. 
Yeah, I was talking <laughs> to a friend who, who dropped his car in with us yesterday and I've not seen him for a while. He, he, he used to work for Australian military. He was in okay. intelligence and, and, and often he'd get stationed sort of on his own. Yeah. He'd get put out in the middle of nowhere and he, he was doing these sort of four or five hundred mile trips out into a yeah. certain location and he had a combi van. There you go. And they used to keep a spare engine in the back because it was just easier to change the engine in like 20 <laughs> minutes than it was to actually try and fix it. And obviously, depending on whether or not they were being followed or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. So... Uh, was the way to do it. They, they, were, they were really... And there was a competition that used to be ran in the UK. It probably is still run somewhere, but the VW dealerships and some other independent garages sometimes got involved. And it was basically camper van on a lift not that you needed the lift take the engine out put another one in yeah boil the kettle make a cup of tea and drink it and it was like <laughs> the quickest time and there was like records of like five minutes six yeah, minutes yeah. it's like crazy because they are so easy to work literally the hardest part about taking the engine out of a van um is the throttle cable mm. that's the only difficult bit the rest of it's just like simple so so simple and Sometimes you wonder, they probably thought from a purely cynical business point of view about those long stroke engines that they had in those early Beatles and the early vans, they made a massive mistake (laughs) because unless you could sell one to everybody in the world, there's no repair parts. Yeah. There's no sales of parts. (laughs) Nobody has to fix them. They lasted forever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I remember Peter Wedig, 1982. So I'm dating myself a little bit here <laughs> with a combi van and we're talking, I think it had one set of seats and otherwise it was a van. So it had the, the driver passenger and then one row of seats. The rest was the van. And he used to just, uh, would, the, would the term be hoon this vehicle? Yeah. And they were, they weren't top heavy. So it, I, I would always be, you know, just on the edge of fear of death when he was driving <laughs> this thing and hooning and the thing never flipped. It never. T- it was just yeah. a great ride. They were really, really good. It's um, yeah. it's a, it's a real. It's, there's a reason that the, the Beetle, and then obviously everybody sort of says it anecdotally that the 911 is, comes from the Beetle, and but there's a reason that they haven't really changed the 911. Yeah, that's good. It was kind of. <laughs> No, from a time it's noisy as anything when you're behind one right now yeah like, but Whoa. from a, from a time when they could only spend time developing a car yeah. right? there was no mass production there was no real shareholders meetings there was no oh we need to get a launch video you know yeah. like what they've had all these problems with the Ford Bronco and this the electric Hummer yeah it's like oh you know it's, is it coming out is it not coming out you know cars will become like video games and films yeah. where they're just sort of a product you know, back in the day when things were put together by hand and there was minimal amounts of people that could actually have any authority on building a vehicle, things had to take time because that was the way it was. And so they were very, very well made. And, yeah. and, and you know, you look at it like this, you know, the amount of classics that we see in our workshop. You see a lot. Like I, and yeah, I mean, it's going to be very unlikely that we will see in... 30 years time a Tesla Model 3 mm. and that's not to say I don't think they're, they're a great idea and the cars are great we've said that at nauseam sometimes on this podcast but 
are we going to see one in 30 years' time? Is there going to be such a thing as a classic Tesla? Or is it going to be more likely that people start chucking LS3V8s in the back of them and trying to make them <laughs> internal combustion when they, you know, yeah. it's a bit of a, you know, yeah. A, a, yeah. a bit of a sticking up the middle finger kind of thing to the, the whole electric vehicle movement? I, I, I honestly don't know. It's it's an interesting it's an interesting one that that maybe people said that about the Golf GTI. Yeah. Maybe people when they were playing around with their nineteen fifties Beetle, yeah. when the GTI came out in seventy six, and they thought, oh no, the, these won't be classics. These won't be classics in forty years uh, time. Yeah. Well, take a look. They are. Yeah. So maybe that's just the way history is. You can't actually predict it. Obviously, the future and. When you until you look back, you don't know. But I, I just don't think they just don't look the same mm. and feel the same. There's not, and I'm not a classic. I'm not. I'm not sat here as a purist who's saying, "Oh, internal combustion only," and uh, do away with ABS and do away with tire pressure monitoring and do away with power steering because they all have a. Yeah, I've lived the world of no power steering, man. I, I'm happy yeah. to have. I mean, there, it went power steering, power assisted steering, and. And before that, just Armstrong. I've lived that world. Yeah, same. It's everything. I'm very electric, happy to have power steering. Electric handbrakes. You know, I, I understand from, from a... That I could live without. I like I the manual. I understand the point of you don't really necessarily, quote unquote, need them. But there's an actual gen, genuine benefit to them. And I understand... What's, okay, so, what's the benefit to so an electric handbrake? If you take a handbrake, take a parking brake, whatever you want to call it. Some people have a foot brake. Yeah. Call it parking brake. Do these is, is is are there still those ones that you you know they're on the left hand side of the brake? Do the do vehicles still come with that? And you kind of push down the yeah big ratchet ones. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. those. So a lot of the American stuff still has that. Okay. Although they have gone Chrysler in particular. So I think is the new Wrangler electric. I, know, I haven't been in one. I think the new I'd sure like to. Although I was I was sitting outside the uh, we were we were over at Festival City and they had a Gladiator sitting out there. Mm. Take one of those in a heartbeat. Now, 269,000 durhams later. <laughs> yeah. And that's just your fuel bill for the first Yeah, year. and I kind of went, I'd love one of these. And then I yeah. kind of look, and that, this was about the same time we were looking at maybe, you know, getting the grass harper on the windshield green yeah, thing. Yeah, well, look. And then we kind of went, hold on a second. <laughs> What's you know, the matter with our... We should definitely talk about that. We will talk about That's but, a genuine... But not today. ...issue for a lot of people. That's, you know, but... But, yeah. so, but the electric handbrake. Yeah, so if you if you drive an automatic, it's very, very limited in terms of its yeah. use. However, leaving an automatic in park is pretty standard for most people. Yeah. And, and a lot of people don't actually apply the handbrake. I almost never do. So, you know, if you've got an automatic, unless you're parking on the side of Mount Everest, you're pretty yeah. good in park. Still recommend you use it, but a lot of people don't. And who's going to change that? So an electric handbrake, especially if you've got a manual car, what can happen, and I imagine if you live in San Francisco or something like this where it's all steep streets, you, you drive the car, you're in traffic, on and off the brakes, you get up to some speed, you're slamming on the brakes, whatever it is, your brakes are getting really hot. Now, the thermal expansion of the brake components, in this case would be a brake disc on a on a on a more modern car, uh -huh. if the handbrake or parking brake is operating the caliper on then basically applying the brake pads to the disc rather than having shoes inside the mm -hmm. drum of the disc, if you apply the parking brake just enough to stop the car moving, 
you think, okay, the parking brake's on. Yeah. Maybe it's a little bit stiff. Maybe the cable's starting to seize. Maybe you just haven't got the strength in your arm to pull it as hard as you need to apply it properly. You then go in the house. It starts to rain or it's cold or none of that, and it just genuinely just cools down over the next 30, 40 minutes. As that brake disc cools down, it shrinks. Yeah. And it can shrink sufficiently enough on an incline or decline, whichever way you're facing, sufficiently enough for the car to roll away. So on electric parking brake systems, after 20, 30 minutes, the motors will automatically reapply. Ah, okay. So they'll sort of, and we're talking of fractions of a millimeter potentially. Right, but and it uses it a fraction reapply. of energy, so it's not going to... Oh, very, very minor, because it's barely going to... Yeah. Oh, that's a good, I didn't realize so that. So there, there, there is a practical function. Now, how many people, I don't know, personally know anybody, but I know of the stories that were told and whether they're just sort of urban myths or ways for Volkswagen to justify the implementation of this technology when it came out initially. I don't know, but we were told a few stories of this kind of thing happening. And so there is a practical reason for it. Now, I can tell you in 2005 when the Passat came out, the 3C, uh, B7, I think they called it at the time, all of the technicians who were anything sort of 35, 40 or, or above and had been working on them for 15 years. Oh, that's rubbish. That's just something else to go wrong and break. Yeah. Now, for me, just being fresh into it, I thought it was great. No more parking brake cables to change. Now, in the UK, they just rust and corrode. Mm. What an awful job that is. Yeah. No more somebody going away or somebody parking their car up over Christmas. You know, the, the most common job after the new Christmas, New Year break. Customers can't move the car after drive. Or there's an awful grinding noise because the parking brake ceased. Mm. No more of that. Great. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've yeah, yeah. got a cable that can get stuck. It's an electric motor and that's fantastic. Yeah. There was problems with them. The buttons would fail and the motors would fail and it was new technology. So again, there was problems with them. But I genuinely thought, oh, it's fine. So I think, the you know, the point we was making is I, I'm not the kind of person who says, oh, I like the old stuff how it was because I, I you know, I'm mm. all for change and that's what we're trying to do at PowerWorks, trying to make a little bit of a change into how things are done and accepted being done. But, you know, mm. classic cars have a place yeah. and there's a reason for it. I want to ask you a question about braking for a second. Yeah. And so first thing, hot weather like we're in right now, mm. does that play a role in our braking distance? Yeah. And it it should actually have initially, unless you're doing some crazy driving, they have quite a beneficial effect. Oh, really? Brakes are a little bit better as they're warm okay. rather than when they're cold. However, when they get too hot, they need to dissipate that heat. And mm. if they can't do that, then you've got a problem. Also, tyres are a little bit softer when they're warmer and they, okay. they give you a bit more friction. So it should... Do you think we wear we go through brakes more in warm weather than? Yeah, you'll get through them more in the warm okay. in, in the warmer conditions. And there are certain braking uh, systems, let's say, where you can upgrade mm. them to for for racetrack. And you'll you know you, we've yeah. all seen it on on motorsport. I'm not the biggest motorsport fan, but you see on motorsport people snaking across the track to cover as much distance yeah. as they can to get the <laughs> tires warmed up and to and to to allow them to to check their brakes, make sure the brakes are getting as warm as they can and people putting tyre warmers on, yeah, on yeah. Formula One. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> it's crazy. So, you know, these these things, are we're talking about fractions of a second in benefit, but it's racing, so yeah. that's important. On For us on the on the road day-to-day, tyres are relatively generic in terms mm. of they're, 
there's a broad range of you can get hot climate tires you can obviously get winter tires as we know from where we're hailing from but generally speaking tires are and brakes are there to perform across a broad range of climates so if you were to take your wrangler and take it back to canada it should perform relatively well Mm. if you needed to put winter tires on it in the winter then you would but the brakes should be no problem whatsoever now drums i mean does any vehicle i guess some some vans and and some of our utility vehicles still come with drum brakes yeah there's a lot of drum brakes on even disc brakes all around the, the as i said the rear disc has a drum where it bolts to the hub which they then use for so is there a brake inside that drum drums, as well? yeah for parking brakes yeah oh, okay often that's the case i don't like them yeah i, I always, think I, I think, think that's on my vehicle actually yeah. I, yeah yeah but it's 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 Still widely used, yeah. And drums are... They collect with dust and stuff, but isn't a drum brake actually... Effectively more efficient than a disc. Yeah. They have something called self-servo action. So obviously, the, as the, as the, because the disc is rotating around the shoes, the shoes are almost pulled on. So as you touch the brake, as it grabs, as it gets that bind and that friction, the disc spinning actually pulls out the, okay. So it helps you with the brake. Mm. Uh, they just can't get rid of heat and dust right. as well as a disc. So they will fade a lot quicker. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Which which also, there was, what did I see yesterday? It was actually kind of cool. Um, so you've got your solid suspension, you know, your your whole axle kind of thing. I, and then you've got your, your independent suspension, yeah. your wishbones. And I, I saw one of these, a vehicle yesterday that just, it, and I actually, I think it was a Range Rover and I don't know if it was a new, I think it was a Velar and, okay. and oh. yeah, I know. That's what I said too. <laughs> what is that car? That's what I Who said. Was that too. made for? Yeah, that's what I was wondering that. And I thought, you know, uh, clearly I've missed whoever that, that CEO at Range Rover's child was doing a design project yeah, or something. That's what I thought. Let's make it for yeah, Here we go. It's a, it's yeah. a present. But I was looking at the rear suspension. I just thought, well, that looked really interesting. Like it, the way the it was in front of me, mm. and it was going over some bumps, and it was just absorbing everything, and you could see it working. It was all independent. I just thought, wow, it, it looked different than some of the other vehicles that I'd seen. But probably just because you could actually see it a little bit closer, that was pretty interesting. Yeah, being of a VW background and, and from the UK, typically only ever seen and driving European built vehicles. It's always sort of funny to me that you know I, you'll see somebody as a, as, a, as an American uh, a ve- an American vehicle list that it's got independent rear suspension. Yeah, <laughs> you're going. Well, yeah. well what did it have yeah, before? It's not the seventies. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> but you know, it, it, solid tube rear axles and yeah. and leaf springs were the way it was done and there's a reason for that it was a lot easier to do and, and the roads in america and north american uh, as a continent canada is obviously different but you know they're typically straight yeah. and they were you know that that's just the way it is but independent rear suspension's been around for a while and they are very very good say what you want about land rovers and i could make some enemies at jaguar land rover <laughs> by giving my sort of true feelings on it but they are fun a, a range rover when it drives as it should when yeah. it's when yeah. it's everything's working as it should spectacular 
really, really good. Yeah. I don't like the Range Rover Sport. They're far too small. Who wants to be cramped in a Range Rover? Yeah, I, I, I've seen I a few of those around it. and I, don't I just it. don't get it because it no. just looks to me and I, I never I never caught on what the difference was. And you know, how, how many shows have we done? How many shows did I do with Impetishan and Shazad? And when I see that sport, yeah, it's kind of sporty looking, but then you just see the classic yeah. beside it and you kind of go, yeah, yeah. well, I want that. If I, if I, was, if I was Jaguar Land Rover, I'd be thinking, okay, if somebody wants a sporty Range Rover, why can't we make them buy a Range Rover and a Jaguar? Yeah. You want a sporty car? Let's make them a Jaguar. You know, why, why are we trying to sell a Range Rover Sport? Let's sell the F-Pace. Right. I don't get that. I really, and, and I'm not, I'm not marketing. Andrew's the yeah. guy to talk about that with, but. Bundle it. Just I really create a bundle. I don't get it. Yeah. Right? I don't understand why, what is the point of a Range Rover Sport? I have the Range Rover. I mean, they're great cars. The seating position, the driving position in those Range Rover and the HSEs and the Vogues and stuff, the, the big, the proper one. It's, 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 it's unmatched. You can't, there's nothing. And this, and it really pains me to say it because the, the new Touareg is a fantastic car by what I can f- gather. But the seating position isn't the same. And, and they're, they're not the same car. They're not yeah. trying to be the same car, but it's the only kind of yeah. equivalent that VW Group offer. They're nothing like the Range Rover, and that yeah. Range Rover. It's will that get seating you. position. I don't. I and you know, Nissan doesn't hasn't hasn't nailed that. Toyota hasn't no, no. nailed that. That is, you get into that Range Rover, and yeah. you're high up, yet you've got complete control. Everything's around you. It yeah. is. It's the buttons it, aren't too small. There's no. not too many of them. They're not too big. There's not too few of them. They're it's just, commanding. You feel. You, yeah. You get in that seat and. It's, you know, you're, you're in command. Yeah, and the, the thing about the Range Rover is, we in the UK, we call them Chelsea tractors. Chelsea's a very Chelsea affluent tractors. area of London. Chelsea tractors. And it's like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's... The Crooked Creek tractors. If you're, if you're a, yeah, we've got a Series 3 in, right? We've got yeah. a Series 3 in the workshop, and it's a little 2.5 petrol engine. <laughs> Awful, old technology, whatever you want to call it. But that thing will get you through. You know, with tractor ruts in the UK from from ploughed field, you can get them two, three, four feet high. Yeah. Where a tractor's ploughed a wet field, it'll get you through. Now it'll take you all day to do two miles, <laughs> but it will get you through. And you don't have to get out; it'll just get you through. It will get you through. Yeah. And the new and all the current and BMW made a bit of a mess of the partnership with Range Rover. That, those engines and the air suspensions weren't great, but the Range Rovers will always be let down as they are now, bought out of the showroom compared to a Nissan Patrol or a, <laughs> not, let's not say Patrol, but a Land Cruiser. They're never, you can buy a Land Cruiser kitted out to get you from here to Saudi through Leeward Desert. Right. You couldn't buy a Range Rover out of the showroom to do that because the tyres and the wheels aren't right. Mm. They're all yeah. fancy chrome finish, yeah. diamond cut, silly low profile tyres. Well, but if you put off road wheels and tyres on one of those things, They'll go anywhere that anything else can. Yeah, and and they've got that ridiculously powerful five liter supercharged engine, which is <laughs> mental. So when, when they're, they're heavy, they're just you know you, when it gets rolling. Whoo, when they're going, when they're working, they are probably the best. And there's a reason the military all around the world used them. You know, same for the jeeps. Yeah, same reason the U.S. military used them. They're very, very, very that, good. And then, the, and then you got Secret Service around the world, or you know, police forces that are all using Tahoes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, what the heck? There's, there's a reason for it, and you know, I, th- I think 
like I say, without making enemies of, of people over in Altair and stuff that are selling these Jaguars and Land Rovers, there's a lot of things that I see and I obviously, oh, I, I always have to sort of explain to people I only ever see cars that need fixing. Right. So it's very hard for me to say good things about cars because I, I everyone I see needs <laughs> fixing. The only cars I ever see that are just for service is Kias and Hyundais. Mm. We've said that many times. Yeah. So, you know, I only ever see the bad examples. However, I have to be honest, and those those Range Rovers, especially, I, I, like I say, the Sport will probably do you the same job, but you'll be a lot less comfortable. Yeah. The the proper Range Rover is, is where I go. And, and it's a shame here, but in the UK we get the diesel ones. Ah, yeah. I, I, I that's think a that, whole different that's a whole different ball game. Yeah, a lot more torque, a lot less uh fuel consumption, um and a lot stronger engine just because of how they had to be yeah. designed. So yeah, they, they are very, very good when they when they need to be. It's, I'm I'm always surprised right now about Land Rovers though. And I like I said, you know, we don't want to make enemies of the folks over at Altair. They're they're our friends, we like their vehicles, but I just don't get the Land Rovers right now. I just I just don't get what's going on with them. Yeah, everything's a bit of a mess at the minute for everywhere. Like, you yeah. know, you've got, you've got, they seemingly have done away with the Freelander, which the second generation was called LR2 here. Mm, yeah. Freelander 2. And I mean, I like that. Now one. that machine, when I see an LR2 or an LR3. Yeah, so then you've got oh. the Discovery, which was Discovery 2. Then here they call the Discovery 3 the LR3 and then the Discovery 4 the LR4. But now the new Discovery looks too much like the Ford, which is probably their base together. They are the same company, effectively. Then you've got no more Freelander, but you've kind of got a Discovery Sport, yeah. which, again, I don't, I don't understand. Get it. I don't get it. Um, the new Defender, hey. It is what it is. Let's see. You know, yeah. that's... That, that, that's it's going to be it's going to be the Bronco, the Defender, and the Jeep put side by side and said, okay, well, let's see who does what. Yeah, I mean, the... the I think that Defender, though, the, everything I've seen, everything, or I haven't been in one, only seen one on the back of, you know, being delivered by Altair mm. here in, in Dubai. And, you know, it had the essence, and I'm sure it's technologically just the, the, the top of the heap. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I, I just, the old Defenders were, you know, and, and there's a reason for change. Like I said at yeah, the start, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not all this, oh, no, we don't need change. The old ones were so utilitarian. Yeah, the new ones seem very, very <laughs> Apple store. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think, you, I, and I wonder when you start looking at well, who's going to start buying these folks? Who you know, it's it's the Apple generation to say they've had one. Yeah, that's what. It's just like, why do you buy an iPhone? Well, because you you know, hey, they're great phones, but there's there there are phones for a quarter of the price that do the same thing. Mm. Well, because I got one. Yeah, you know you. MacBook Pro, why are you using that? Yeah, I think generally, and again, maybe speak to Andrew more than you probably already have, but I think generally speaking, the iPhone, I mean, Amy had the iPhone X, yep. whatever you want to call it, a 10, <laughs> and she's got the iPhone 11. Yeah. I think generally speaking, most people say that most Android alternatives, hands down, beat it. Yeah. Well, you know, you're talking about getting a Huawei for a fraction of the price of an or iphone an, 11 an, an oppo uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> like, yeah or a reno yeah, you know, yeah who's getting who's getting an oppo no one i mean so i know there are people who are doing it and why wouldn't you i mean you know, especially when you look at the tech and you look what's on board and you look at this and it's not apple no it's it's an interesting I, yeah. and i'm not i'm not saying anything here i'm just putting two stories side by side but 
Huawei start making better phones reportedly than Apple and all of a sudden they get investigated for <laughs> everything. Everything. <laughs> I don't know. Volkswagen start making more cars than General Motors and Ford. And then all of a sudden they get investigated for something. It's, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Free market. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Conspiracy but, theories here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, join us later for the conspiracy <laughs> show. Conspiracy, can you imagine? Yeah. But no, it's, it's interesting with the Defender. I, the old Defender, you just look at it and think there's absolutely no problem with that because I can batter that through a desert or yeah. through a muddy field. And uh, yeah. they're all straight flat panels. I'll fix them. The yeah. new one looks like plastic. I, I'd be worried. You see, the, the thing is with the new one, like, and I've been off road in the old one and I've just, you know, we've just given her. And, yeah. you know, you get a, a stone that fires up and it gives you a little dent. You're kind of going, great. In a new one, stone fires up. It gives me a dent. It's ah, oh. another ten thousand dirhams. Yeah, I gotta go get that. Com- I gotta go get that fiber out. file and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I, I'm not. I'm not sure, and I don't even know if I like how it looks. It doesn't necessarily look rugged enough, mm. and it, it's not like it fits in with the rest of the Land Rover family, which yeah. maybe it shouldn't. But I don't know. It's, it's an interesting one. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Maybe we can. Maybe we can get a test of one. And and I got to get off my see. butt and get you know because the guys over there always say, "Hey, anything we can do for you, let us know." So I, yeah. I got to get off my rear end and get us in there. It, it, on a, a similar note, Imtishan is. Uh, I don't. I mean, you follow Imtishan uh, and Motoring Middle East on yep. Instagram, and if people don't, you should be. Yeah. Motoring M E is how you find them on Instagram. He's uh, he's driving a Ford Raptor now. You know what? I think I think I saw him. So we had a so it's grey. Uh, you know, he it, was dropping it off at service. I'm pretty sure it was him. Then I wasn't 100 percent at the time, but now you've said that. I was because yeah. I thought, well, he had the ram, but yeah, he got rid of the ram. Yeah, and then I thought, oh, maybe he's around there trying to get some uh, so stuff I, for the Bronco. So he, yeah, no, I think he, so. He ended up with a used one and still, you know, plenty of life in it and. Mm. He's just in love. He said, man, this is, you know, it's out of the box. It's the best, you know, because, because right off the bat, Imtishan Gatto, motoring Middle East, he's the man. This is a gentleman who loves off-roading, but he hates being in sand. So he doesn't like sand in his vehicle. So he's, he's, and he, he prefers not to get out, but he'll, he'll go and pull anyone out of the sand as well. And he is, he's not, you know, I'm a recreational off-road guy. He's hardcore. You know, he's, <laughs> and he said this thing is out of the box it is the machine yeah he loves it with the raptors we only ever see the problems yeah very very often we get twisted bent buckled or broken completely in half or at the coupling prop shafts on those raptors because they are extremely powerful yeah and if they get bogged down and they're not in four-wheel drive, they often break the prop shafts. Yeah, that's good to know. Um, obviously, Shan knows what he's doing, so yeah. that's not going to happen, and it's probably just when people aren't necessarily operating them properly when mm. it happens, but I've not got much, let's say, negative to say about yeah. the F-150. The F-150s, I mean, the benefit it, of them are they, they are they are kind of built to that kind of, it's a you know, rugged, yeah, that sort of every man kind of thing, right? Yeah. And I don't. There's not. There's no more woke term than I can't say every woman. They're not cheap. Just, I mean, that's the other thing. You you get what you pay for, and if you're looking for economy, that's not a, a Raptor F one fifty. Yeah, you're not buying it as economy vehicle. Yeah, you know, 
go and get your Hilux if that's what you want. Yeah. <laughs> so he's really happy. Interesting thing. First time he's owned a vehicle that has a sunroof and air conditioned seats. Well, you want to get that sunroof blacked out quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get that sunroof blacked out. Just hammerite, black hammerite all over the sunroof. Stop all the light coming in. Yeah. No, sunroof's a strange one here. Yeah, it is. I love them though. No, it's, it's when the weather's nice. Yeah, when the weather's nice. Otherwise, you've always got that shade that you're pulling over, and you, know, yeah. you, you forgot to pull the shade over, and then you get into the car, and it's like 200 degrees, yeah. and you've got leather seats. Thing with some roofs here, we and and a little bit with windows as well, and our services that we we carry out, we might say, well, we do say it's, it's on the service sheet. I I wrote it, but it says check windows. Yeah, and we always make so sure. Why are you checking the windows? The one touch window and sunroof operation is set. In case we've disconnected the battery, we reset the okay. time, reset the stations on the radio, make sure the windows and everything are set on one touch. But there's a certain age of the vehicle where you're always a little bit, uh, yeah. if I press this sunroof button, is it going to break? <laughs> is it going to close again? Yeah. So we just, you know, we, we, we have to, we ask, we ask the customer, does the sunroof work yeah. before we go and try it? And if they say it doesn't work, then we just leave it. Yeah. A lot of people just get on with them not working and, you know, we get a, a heck of a lot of people with, with leaks because oh, the drains see. block up with all the sand and dust yeah. here. See, that's the issue that it, it's great to have a sunroof and I love a sunroof, but if, if it doesn't work, it's a, a small problem. But then if it starts to leak because the seals go and as yeah, you said, yeah. the drains get blocked, that is a nightmare. Yeah, it's not it's not great. I mean, it, the, the problem is, especially on, on the sort of more... Most cars now have a have a decently, let's say, plush headlining in them, yeah. and and the water doesn't necessarily leak in straight away, so it gets damp and starts to mouldy, and it's obviously getting very warm when it's sat or even driving, because the sun's baking on the roof all the time, so it gets really really smelly quite quickly. Yeah. So it's it's not the nicest thing to have to deal with in a, a sunroof leak, but there are. Great benefits having one when, when, when the weather's nice, especially if you're out in the desert. Yeah, nothing better than that. Yeah. yeah I'm getting, uh, filling up with fuel these days and everyone wants to give me <laughs> fuel injector cleaner. Are you getting that as well? We had a, a customer. He oh, came, no. He came in to see me and said, oh, um, I just wanted to know if, if this fuel injector cleaner is any good from the petrol station. Because when I was filling up with fuel the other day, the guy sort of came around having put the nozzle in and went, oh, sir, um, you're... Your your exhaust smells really bad. We should put one of these injector. Yeah, I've heard in. that one. And it's like, well, that's just a sales pitch, you know. Like, there's there's absolutely no way. <laughs> there's no way his, his nose is fitted with a five gas analyzer. <laughs> now, if it smells of sulfur, then that's that's the catalyst on its way out. And there's no injector cleaner that's going to save that. Yeah. So, or the other one that you'll often get is when they take the gas cap off. Obviously, you're gonna if it's hot, you're gonna have the fumes that come out and they, you know, you hear, yeah. And they'll say, Oh, you need fuel injector cleaner. You're getting, you're, you know, you're getting, you're getting a backup here. And it's like, yeah, no, that's yeah, not how the stuff works, dude. Works. <laughs> <laughs> this is the fuel tank. And anyway. Yeah. Yeah. We, we did a, we did a bit of a, having had a bit of an accident when I was at AAA, it wasn't anything that could have really been avoided, but it just happened. And there was a, there was basically a, an engine that we were 
working on and then there's other work on the vehicle part of which we had to remove the fuel tank for so the fuel tank was removed and then placed on the side and for about an hour of the day in the middle of the day the sun was on it and they capped all the lines off to make sure nothing got in yeah and obviously it sealed it but it was directly in the sun this thing's black and it obviously absorbed all the heat oh there we go so it it was plastic and it popped not burst completely but it it expanded and 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 then there was no that was that and we need to change the tank it wouldn't fit back in Uh, if we forced it to go back in it would have cracked so trying to explain to the guys how it had happened and explain you know fuel vapors are expanded in there and there's nowhere for them to go and the plastic can move and it's kind of designed to do that so it doesn't break and and that's the way it is so what we did was we to try and prove that to them as a as a principle and not (laughs) just that it had gotten hot in the sun and melted out of shape i got a red you know the red plastic jerry cans that you use yeah yeah Hey, hey, there's quite a few of those for sale right now at all service stations. In fact, I saw someone doing the walk of shame the other day. Oh, sad guy. Yeah, in this heat as well. Yeah, that's what I said. It's like, oh. And and you feel, oh, I've got a a bike at home. I need some fuel for Oh, my boss has sent me some fuel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's no excuse. And the guys at the pumps like, yeah, whatever. Sure, yeah. Whatever, that's your car. It has a ton down there. I see it. Um, So, yeah. No, but we just, I just filled it up with fuel. Yeah. And then I emptied the fuel out and then quickly just sort of squeezed the sides and put the cap back on. And then I left it on the on the floor. And we could watch it pop. We watched it pop back up to size. And I've said to them, you know, that's just the vapors inside and the air inside expanding with the heat. There's yeah. simple thing. And, you know, that that's one of those things where you take your fuel cap off if it's been sat, especially like here, we're sat in the queue, right? <sighs> Things are getting hot. It's the 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 radiant heat from the tarmac is probably 60 degrees. You've yeah. got the sun beating down. And the fuels on modern engines, the fuel returns to the pump, returns to the tank that isn't used, which is coming back hot. Mm. So, so of course, there, there's going to be pressure in there. And to try and sell somebody injector cleaner <laughs> on that basis is, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't think you get very far on the apprentice with it, but fair yeah. play for trying. Yeah, they, you know, they, they, they're trying. And I, I just always say to the guy, you know, not today. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, it's it's, it's a bit like uh, use it, but use it under professional guidance. Let's say. I think when you know if you you take your car into the service center, I bring my my vehicle, and you know I bring the Wrangler into PowerWorks. You're going to do the oil change. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. You're going to check all that. If you think that I need fuel injector cleaner, I'm going to say, hey, if you think it needs it, throw it in. But if you don't think it needs it. Let's just carry on you know, as we're going. For me, it's going to cost 400 dirhams, 500 dirhams to take all your injectors out, yeah. service them, so ultrasonically clean them, and to and do a flow rate test and do a pressure holding test and put them back in with new O-rings. Mm. A can of fuel injector cleaner, what, they're selling it 120? Try yeah. and sell it to you every time you go. Yeah. 500 dirhams to do that even that's a little bit overkill for me but it's it's reasonably it's not a bad idea here for direct injection systems because the and the end of the end of the uh, uh, injector can get clogged with carbon but but the injector cleaners aren't going to actually the injector cleaners are going to keep the nozzles clean hopefully 
that's pretty much all they're going to do. They're not going to clean the rest of it. They're not going to account for loss of compression or loss of pressure because O-rings have yeah. shrunk or yeah. started to split. So for me, I'd, I'd, I'd be much more inclined to think that taking them out, doing a, a complete ultrasonic clean, which is very, very gentle, doesn't damage any of the electronics, removes all the carbon, then we can do a pressure test on them, make sure the flow is right, make sure the injection quantity is right, make sure they don't leak or... Uh, that they're able to hold pressure sufficiently and put them in with new seals. For me, that's better to then then maybe think about putting injector cleaner in there yeah. to maintain it at that standard. Uh, it's, we've, we've talked about it in the past where... I mean, I, I, I don't think in my vehicle, I'm looking at 330,000 kilometers. I can't remember the last time I put injector cleaner in. No. I can't imagine it doing any good. It, the, the worst, the best thing that can happen is the worst thing. It's going to dislodge something. Yeah, this is the problem. And I, I you know what? I'll take the chance without this is putting the worry. it in there. This is the worry that, uh, that, that, that would potentially happen. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that will use it and they'll use it regularly. I can remember, I can remember in the UK, we had a Worth product, and there was nothing wrong with the product. It was a, a diesel fuel system cleaner. But one of the technicians, you know, we, we were obviously f- using it on, on vehicles on part of the service if the customers asked for it and we thought it was necessary. Slightly bit more involved to take a fuel injector out for a direct injection diesel engine than it is to do a petrol one. So we were using these quite often. Obviously, we got technicians in there that were getting their hands on it for next to nothing or nothing, and they were putting yeah. it in everyone, and it just dissolved the fuel filler yeah, nice. car doesn't start and it misfires it made a whole mess of everything they yeah. end up needing injectors same on the petrol ones just be very very careful with how often you use it and like I say if the, if there is a problem for me you do risk creating a bigger one by just using it once thinking it's going to be a panacea and, and no, I th- I'd rather get the injectors clean properly and, and test them before I use that how how often when a vehicle comes in for a service what's the how often do you do you do the fuel filter is this is a bit of a gripe of mine. <laughs> oh, I've hit a nerve, have I? Yeah, but there's not many now inline fuel filters that are serviceable. A lot yeah. of them are now built into the pump unit in the tank. Yeah, silly. It's kind of like the uh, air conditioning and the condenser. Yeah. So you know, we we get. We, I've had it. I've had a. I've had a customer that came to me for a service, and and the vehicle was due according to their regime, which they had in their service, but they asked me to follow it. It was due the fuel filter change, which mm. came with the pump unit, came as a whole unit. So it was remove the tank, remove the pump, change the whole thing. And it's like a 2,500 dirham job. Wow. And it's, you know. That's huge. That's a lot of money. Yeah. So. And, and, I, and I'm thinking that's not just a, you know, a 10 minute job. No, no, a couple of hours in there. And, and, and it's okay. It's every 180,000 kilometers. Not many people keep the car for 360,000. So they're yeah. not going to do it twice. But. It's still a job, whereas before, you know, we'd have a yeah. an inline fuel filter under there in the fuel lines that you could take off and change. Makes great sense. And you know, I, I, I'm not entirely sure 100% that it's any worse for the vehicle. Maybe there's there's now, you know, there's capabilities of being able to deal with, with that and not, and not necessarily needing it. There are often three filters one true filter which would be a main sort of unit that would be attached to the fuel pump and then there's obviously the pickup filler which strains from the bottom of the tank and then there's another one in there that 
before it goes into the actual filter as well. So they are quite well protected, say t- so to say. And but there are vehicles out there that say they're non-serviceable and maintenance-free. And we've been here before with transmissions <sighs> and batteries and batteries. We've never sort of <laughs> left it. So I, every time someone says it's service-free, it's like, oh yeah, here yeah, we I mean, go. I, I don't. I always cynically look at it as it's one of those things where they try and bring cost of ownership down yeah. for the first 100,000 kilometers, which is seemingly what they're okay, measured yeah. on. It's almost like they figure they've done, yeah. they've done the, the ratio and they yeah. figured out, you know what? No one's going to own this car past that. So it's going to get recycled. It's going to get sold. It's going to get whatever they'll deal with it on that resale. Yeah. The, whoever's doing the servicing is going to go, Oh, we better go and pull this out, pull that out, put this out. One of the problems I had with a misfuel recently was when I wanted a fuel filter for this particular vehicle, which was part of the fuel pump. I just asked for the filter, assuming that... Yeah. Okay. It's a piece. But, you know, unfortunately, we had somebody who was sort of typing in filter to his parts film and saying, no, the computer says no, who told me the filter's discontinued for this car because (laughs) he couldn't find it. Well, no, it isn't because the car's three years old. Still, there's absolutely no way. Yeah, there's no way. You know, but, but unfortunately, the, I have to accept that he's probably never had to sell one. He's probably yeah. never had to do one because the cars probably haven't done 180,000 kilometers in the three years since they were yeah. made. Yeah. So he has no idea. Unfortunately, through a lack of technical knowledge, he's unable to extrapolate from me asking for a fuel filter. Okay, well, it's part of the fuel pump assembly and here you go. Well, you got one in the end because, you know, I took it out and gave him the part number, but that's it. They're not getting changed yeah. and and people often forget brake fluid. Now, everyone knows about changing brake fluid. Who does it? Nobody I'm does it. Nobody's to... doing it. If I try and sell <laughs> brake fluid to people, yeah, it's like I'm trying to sell something. No, when when you do a brake job, do you change you you obviously change the brake fluid then, right? So, when we're doing brakes on a car, and there's a Suzuki Grand Vitara waiting for me when I get back, that's got a soft pedal. That's probably got a leak somewhere. That's almost certainly going to have to have whatever happens for the repair. That's going to have to have brake fluid. Now, when we do a brake job, um, we are effectively pushing back the fluid back to the tank as we open the brake system to change pads or discs or both or whatever it is we we can do two we can do three things we can forget about it just change the pads and discs and send the car out we can test the brake fluid and see how much moisture is in there which isn't a massive thing to do the tester is about you can buy them on amazon for about 50 dirhams they're not expensive they're just testing for an amount of moisture in the brake fluid or we can just change it Brake fluid costs 75 dirhams for two litres, which will be sufficient for most cars. An an hour's work max to to flush through and then bleed out the air when you put the new one in. Come on. You know, for 200 dirhams, you can have your brake fluid changed. Manufacturers typically recommend every two years, but it's so hot here and so humid here that I, I would... Me personally, I think it makes absolutely no sense to treat brake fluid any different to the oil in the engine. I'm not saying change the brake fluid every six months, but I'm also not saying that wouldn't be a good thing to do. I'm not a salesman, I'm a mechanic. I'd say technically it would be better to do to do that whenever, whenever you service the vehicle, do it. And certainly when you're doing the brakes. Yeah. Certainly when you're doing the brakes. So take the We Will Fix It fleet. Obviously that's a, a fleet uh, and and 
they have to be safe on the road. Now, we will only see them every 15,000 kilometres for service. And using the right oil and filters, we're relatively good on engines. We don't have any engine failure, really, mm. beyond maybe a driver error here or there. When we do brakes, it's in our best interest to maintain that fleet properly. And it's also in, 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 in the interest of the company for that vehicle to be on the road. We just change the brake fluid. Yeah. Now it, it it costs us very little to change that brake fluid and know that there's going to be no problem, you know. And and, and we're often changing brakes at thirty thirty five percent left because it's not going to last fifteen thousand, but they right. can't afford to be off the road. Yeah. So so we're so we're doing it anyway. ABS systems are very very so anti locking brake systems are very very um, complicated and they have very fine tolerances. They use very very small valves which have to open and close. If there's carbon or any kind of impurity in the brake oil, they will block and stop working. Oh, that's not good. And, and oftentimes, any ABS failure that is a purely mechanical one for the pump is down to the fact that the, the, the fluid or the oil, is whatever you're calling it, isn't maintained properly. It, it, speaking of ABS, this is just an aside. I'm surprised at the number of people who don't know how their ABS system actually, when it kicks in, what it does. Yeah. And they've just, you know, when you buy the car on the lot, you, you'd almost think that the salesperson or the, 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 the service manager, someone should take them out around the block and say, okay, now I want you to floor really quickly your brakes and let's, let's, let's see what happens when the ABS comes on. Cause I know in my vehicle, it makes quite a racket. Yeah. And so 99.9% .9 of the time people are using their brakes and they think, Oh, I got ABS and they, you know, they push hard. The ABS has not come on on your brakes. No, there's, there's a couple of things to know about ABS. The first thing to know about ABS is it will dramatically increase your braking distance. Mm. So ABS is, uh, basically anti-lock braking yeah. system. That's the acronym. And it's to stop the brakes locking up. What we mean by that is your brakes, when you get that good stop sound, yeah. your, your wheels stop rotating, but obviously the momentum of the car overcomes the friction of the tires and you skid. Yeah. At that point, you're on a skis and you can't steer that. You can't steer around an obstacle or, yeah. or something you were about to hit, which is why you were braking in the first place. So by allowing the, the wheels, what they do is in, at the point of them locking up, the pressure is fed back by the pump to the pedal. So you'll feel a vibration through your foot and you'll hear the pump running and it's like a real grinding quite yeah. a violent grinding sound and you'll feel that almost you, you well your foot is pushed back the pump is an extremely high pressure pump that just stops the brakes locking so anyone that's locked up abs has then kicked in you'll see sort of a instead of a straight tire skid mark you'll see dots yeah. where it locked unlocked locked unlocked and it allows you to steer around something but you will dramatically increase your braking distance. And it's very, very unlikely that unless you're in a severe accident or potentially in a severe accident that you'll ever actually feel the ABS. There's not many times that you'll feel it in normal driving. So that's the first first thing to realise is that it's not helping you brake. It's not helping you stop. It's helping you avoid something whilst trying to stop. Mm. The second thing to realise about ABS that, that's quite important is you will... You will probably not know or be sufficiently trained enough or calm-headed enough to have the time and presence of mind 
to hit the brakes so hard that the ABS comes in and then steer around the object. Yeah. Because everybody naturally just pulls on the steering wheel, pushes on the brake and hopes for the best. Yeah. yeah. You'd be much better cadence braking or trying to steer around it, but who's got that presence of mind? Yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah. I've been in situations where we'll do brake tests to check ABS works because we've replaced a part or whatever it is and I'll try and make sure it can stay around, but that's in a nice controlled situation. Pretty sure if I was slamming on the brakes because I'd been distracted and not seeing a car in front stop, yeah. I wouldn't be staring around it. It's almost like we needed defensive driving courses, and I know... There are them out there. there yeah. Are, there are plenty it's of them It's almost worth there. taking one of those. We did, we, you know, if we went down to... if When we went to Milton Keynes to head office VW, and if it was a brake course, they'd take us out and we'd test these things, yeah. and then they'd, they'd have us brake with ABS and brake without ABS, check measuring the stopping distance. And it's, I mean, we're talking 35, 40%, you know, difference. It's a a huge amount. amount. And then they'll, you know, they'll have us go a a line of cones and brake and try and avoid them with ABS and try and avoid them without ABS. And without ABS, you just skid. You can't steer and you hit everything. With well, ABS, you can steer around it. It's almost like the, the four-wheel drive thing as well. It's like, yeah, I got four-wheel drive. Yeah, you got four-wheel drive, but if your wheels are skidding, it doesn't matter. You still got four wheels skidding. Four-wheel drive's great for starting, <laughs> but it's not great for stopping. No, no benefit. Oh, man. I'm, I'm looking at, I'm, I'm mindful of the time and, and we've had a great conversation. I think we, I think we got to wrap this podcast and yeah. I'm, I'm looking at some of the stuff and we, we have a whole list of you, you had a, a client who's got a list of cars. We didn't even get into that. Who wanted you to take a look at them. There's some, some crazy, crazy yeah, vehicles. almost all with us now as well. Oh man, we got it. So I think our next show, we got to have a chat about all these cars. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you know, right down to a, a G320, 1999, Alfa Romeo Spider. That G320 is a short wheelbase. Oh, <laughs> you know, and, and then right down to a 1975 VW bus. You know, yeah. there, there are some crazy, so we want to have a chat about those. I threw in some just insane, funny things. The, the best one, and you got to take a look at it, is the bike boat camper adventure machine <laughs> nice <laughs> and and there you know we just got our list but you know it's as always powerworks it's a fun conversation glenn yeah leave us a review comment like us subscribe whatever you need to do <laughs> and and that's and that's kind of the whole thing we come to you from the rove podcast studio we want to hear what you think and you know what however you do it do it let us know and of course, you can email us, podaholics with a K at gmail.com. Let us know what you're thinking about. We want to hear from you, www.podaholics.com. If you want to hear this and other shows, we've got a couple hundred programs available right now. And that's everything from DIY to technology to health to cars. So go and give us a listen, share the word, share the podcast. And we look forward to talking to you again really, really soon. Potaholics is what you're listening to. This is PowerWorks with Glenn Power from PowerWorks Automotive.